Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. And, of course, sitting next to me, Tom Dorian. Of course. How you doing, Tom? I'm great. It's good to see you. Hey, we're talking over each other. Oh, well, that's right. Well, I I go, and then you go next. (laughs) Uh, There you you have it. (laughs) Haven't seen you in a while. Has it not been? Why not? Well, every time I've been here, you're somewhere else, and I think vice versa. Well, you you know, well, maybe we're just not bumping into each other, because I come here every day for lunch. Yeah, maybe well, you need to start coming at lunchtime. Yeah, maybe I've just been dodging you. I don't know. That's quite possible. It's possible. Uh, well, I hope that's not I the case. I doubt it. Well, at any rate, yes. I'm glad we're here together now. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> and and so we, we digress. Yes. But we need to talk about a really important topic today. I can't wait. We have a lot of uh, listeners who are Catholic because we're called the Catholic Cafe. Think of the odds. Yeah. And then we also have some listeners who are not Catholic. Yes, we And do. one of the things that people ask me about is why do Catholics kneel all the time? I believe it. And so we're going to kind of focus. Now, it's kind of interesting, like, actually, when you came to the Luxurious Corner booth, you actually genuflected before you got into the that Luxurious was, Corner booth. That was interesting, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't do that, by the way. <laughs> and we'll talk about that later. But, but, uh, no, we Mom, do, I didn't do that. <laughs> we do want to focus on what do Catholics believe about reverence. And, and so we'll, we'll kind of back up. I want to ask you a, another couple of questions. They're sort of like things to ponder. When, when's the last time you had some fast food? You know, you go to look, those look restaurants. at me, Deacon Jeff. Oh, <laughs> I have it all the time. Well, I go to the, not all I go the time. to that place with the double arches. I'm not going to tell you who, and I would yeah. love to have the the French fries. They're and golden. Milkshake. But you know what I've noticed? Not about that particular uh, that particular restaurant, but you know, in all kind of fast food worlds, don't you sense that maybe people don't care so much quite about how your experience is, and so maybe you get the feeling that you're just oh, kind yeah. of being rushed in and rushed yeah. out. There doesn't seem to be a lot of respect there, and. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but you might have been on the receiving end of maybe a, a rude gesture while driving. Occasionally. Yeah. Well, you know, and then also you look in the news and there's all this horrible stuff going on. You're thinking, man, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. There really is. Where does that come from? Yep. Well, I've got a theory. Uh-oh. So this is, you know what? This is my radio show. Well, here <laughs> so, we go. So I get to launch Buckle my theory up. out there. And you know what? My theory is that people treat other people poorly. Primarily because there is a lack of reverence or respect for God in their life. In other words, they don't wow. see they don't see something great like God, bigger than them, something that they can look to, look up to, and realize that they're not the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, they're too focused on themselves. It's a, it's a sense of selfishness, yeah. I think, and and yeah. I, that's just my theory. And you know, I actually was so looking how are you going to bridge this? This well, is what I want to see. Here's here's what here's how I'm going to bridge it. Actually, right. before, first we're going to go to scripture. Okay, let's go. And now look uh, at scripture. So crank open that Bible. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 22. And um, teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment." But then Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on. He says. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So Jesus himself links that love of God and that love of neighbor. And so right. in my mind, I think, well, if you don't have love of neighbor, I think maybe you have a problem with love of God. Right? How can you right. have a love of God and not love your neighbor? How can you love your neighbor and not love God? Right. So that to me, they're intrinsically linked. 
And so I think there's a there's a problem. And, and you know what? If we don't love God, we're going to have difficulties in life in many ways. But we're not going to get along with people. Right. And so we don't see we don't show that respect to each other. We don't show that reverence and realize that Christ is present. That we're all made in the image and likeness of God. Right. Right. And so now, if we were to respect and revere God as Catholics, how do we do that? Well, when we're in Mass, we uh, genuflect. We genuflect uh, and we kneel. The we bow before right. the altar. Uh, we bow our heads before receiving Holy Communion under right. both species. There are things that we do to show that respect and reverence. Exactly. And see, like I said before, if you're if you're showing disrespect and irreverence to other people, it probably means you're probably also not showing respect and reverence in Mass or yeah. or in, in in other opportunities. And you know that's kind of weird because again, we're going to go back to Scripture. Let's jump back to the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Exodus. And this is a great story, but it really brings home this whole idea of what God expects of us Mm -hmm. and where we should be putting God. Mm -hmm. Let's read uh, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and lo, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, he said, here am I. Then he said, do not come near, put off your shoes from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. So Moses has obviously a great deal of respect and reverence for God, right? Obviously. But what does God ask him to do? Take off your sandals. Take Take, off your shoes. Yeah, you're in a holy place. You're on holy ground. Right. And so that's something that, first and foremost, we have to start thinking, like, is there anywhere in the world we have holy ground anymore in our lives? Right? Is anything sacred anymore? I mean, you go around, people have all this, uh, uh, I guess, disrespect for each other. But there's also this disrespect for uh, sacred institutions like the church. And literally, even amongst Catholics, there might be a little bit of a problem with people respecting that holy of holies that we have in our in our sanctuaries. Yeah. Right? The tabernacle. Oh, yeah. The living presence of Christ, real presence of Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity there in that tabernacle and yet, we don't realize we're standing on holy ground, and so we don't respect and revere God right. in that way. And that can be that can be a big a big challenge. Huge. Uh, now I know you don't do that though. Try not to. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's something we can do though. I don't think everybody's perfect, but but you're right. We we do need to find a way to get get past that challenge. Well, one of the things we can start to do is realize that, you know, the church asks us, as our mother, Holy Mother Church, one of the great names we have for our churches, right. as our mother, she's asking us to uh, to respect, to revere God, to adore God. Mm-hmm. And adoration belongs solely to God. And so we, we demonstrate that. And she gives us these ways, and we can go to Scripture, and we can see where Holy Mother Church gets some of these, these ways that we revere God. One is in uh, Philippians chapter 2, mm-hmm. right? It says... Uh, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And, of course, 
uh, in Romans chapter 14, verse 11. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. You know, and, and so that's why we're genuflecting before the tabernacle. That's right. When it comes out of Scripture, it's directly out of Scripture. And if you think about it, you know when a, when a man proposes to his wife. You better hit a knee. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And it's not saying that she's God. But what he is saying is that right now, at this moment, I'm telling you, my future, potential future spouse, if you say yes, that I'm putting you above me. Right. So in my life right now, I'm going to let you be above me. Right. And so just like you would with a, a king or a queen, you would never raise your head above theirs. Right. You were always bowed down or you were on your knees. And that's a sign of reverence or respect mm-hmm. for that person. But then what happens if we don't have that reverence and don't have that respect? There's a, there's a neat quote from one of the little-known um, uh, desert fathers from 1,700 years ago. Who said this? This is uh, from Abba Apollo or Father Apollo. And he says, The devil has no knees. And you I think about that. The, well, you think about the simplicity yep. of that. Well, the devil is not going to bow down to God. No way. He's not going to revere God. So you can say the devil has no knees. Not going to revere anything. That's right. And so we don't want to be like the devil. Right. We, we, we certainly want to uh, we want to respect and we want to revere God. And, and then. In that same way, once we start to develop that, that respect and reverence of God, then we can then we can look at our neighbors. Right. Right? And we can start to see God in them. We start to realize that we're all created in the image and likeness of God. And so that's where, like, all the, the beautiful social teachings of the church come into play, where we need to t- treat people with respect. Right. This is why the church is um, so fervently anti-abortion. Respect for life. That's right. We have a respect for every human being from mm-hmm. conception to natural death. Right. And so we need to take care of people. Because when we take care of people, Jesus said, you're doing this for me when you do this to the least of my brothers. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we need to develop that reverence for God. And so what we're going to do when we come back is we're going to talk about ways in which we show reverence for God and where we get this in our modern church, in our, well, maybe not some of modern church, but in, in some of the documents of the church and what it what Holy Mother Church asks us to do. So maybe we have a little bit of a, a teaching session here on the back because a lot of people say, well, I don't know exactly, should I bow to the altar? Right. Should I kneel to the altar? What about the tabernacle? What about when the monstrance is exposed and I see the Blessed Sacrament? Good, good basic questions. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, so you need to stick with us mm-hmm. to hear that. Now, before we do that, though, I do want to remind people about our wonderful website. What, what Tom, is It is our a wonderful, wonderful website. I know, wonderful. It's wonderful, <laughs> isn't it? It's a wonderful life we it's live It's www.thecatholiccafe.com. Now, www stands for wonderful, wonderful, wonderful <laughs> dot thecatholiccafe.com. Exactly. Anyway, what are they going to find there? They're going to find some great stuff. Oh, they're going to find your happy face. Yeah, well. Uh, welcoming them, that's easy for me to say, to the website. Yep. Uh, they're going to find all the previous shows. Yeah, everything we've recorded is yeah. right there on the web, and yeah. you can download, you can listen to it right then. But you can also do that one-click podcasting thing. We got listeners from all right. over the world right. uh, listening to us, and which we're we're blessed, we're pleased, and welcome uh, to all one and all who are listening in foreign countries. Exactly. Right now. Uh, send me a postcard with your uh, <laughs> with yeah. a little stamp on it. I'd love to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, send me an email anyway, uh, and they can do that. You know, they can email me. I know they can. Uh, you email me all the time. I do. Yeah, all that spam stuff. I really don't right. like that stuff so much. 
But there's some good stuff. I'm glad said. you told me. Yeah, well, it's Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And I would love to hear from you and find out what you think about our website, but also what you think about our shows. And I do get some emails every once in a while from people asking about what can we do uh, about this topic or that topic. Would you do a show on this? Uh, so we have some great shows planned in the near future. Yeah, we'd have, we need to have another Q&A. Yeah, we'll do one of those. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I have one planned in terms of someone asked me uh, if are Catholics saved? And in that same question, they asked, uh, are Catholics born again? So look for that. That's going to be uh, in, a, in a very near future show. Sounds good. All right. Well, before we get to that, we're going to get to reverence <laughs> after this. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Lumen Gentium, or the Dogmatic Constitution on the Church, was one of the 16 principal documents of the Second Vatican Council held in Rome and was promulgated by Pope Paul VI in 1964. This landmark exploration of the nature of the Church, her leaders, her people, and their relationship with God delves deeply into the heart and soul of the 2,000-year-old Catholic Church. The title, Lumen Gentium, comes from the very first sentence of this historic text, Christ is the light of nations, and establishes both the theme and tone of the entire document. In Lumen Gentium, the Council Fathers make clear that Jesus Christ is the very heart of the Church's identity. In paragraph 5, the Council Fathers state, The mystery of the Holy Church is manifest in its very foundation. The Lord Jesus set it on its course by preaching the good news, that is, the coming of the kingdom of God, which for centuries had been promised in the scriptures. In the word, in the works, and in the presence of Christ, this kingdom was clearly open to the view of men. Before all things, however, the kingdom is clearly visible in the very person of Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man, who came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Lumen Gentium makes clear the purpose, role, structure, visibility, and authority of the one church. Paragraph 8 tells us, This is the one church of Christ, which in the creed is professed as one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic, which our Savior, after his resurrection, commissioned Peter to shepherd, and him and the other apostles to extend and direct with authority, which Christ directed for all ages as the pillar and mainstay of the truth. This church, constituted and organized in the world as a society, subsists in the Catholic Church, which is governed by the successor of Peter and by the bishops in communion with him. Although many elements of sanctification and of truth are found outside of its visible structure, these elements, as gifts belonging to the Church of Christ, are forces impelling toward Catholic unity. In Lumen Gentium, the historic Ecumenical Council of Vatican II offered the people of God a new and refreshing look at the time-honored sacred traditions of a centuries-old institution founded by Christ Himself. I'm Bester Zimski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. We're still seated here in the uh, luxurious corner booth. Tom, of course, is kneeling next to the booth in prayer. That's I am. beautiful. I'm praying for you. <laughs> I need prayers. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. We can all much. smell your soul burning right now. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, you know what? I have time. I'm in a state of Don't continuing conversion. It, yeah, you're exactly right. I need to go to confession. I'll tell you what. We're going to be right back. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Here we go. <laughs> so we're still talking about reverence. Yes, we are. Right? And we're talking about revering God. Yes. And so... Probably the most common way in which we interface with God, that we realize that God is in our presence, Mm -hmm. right? The living, risen Christ is in our presence, is in Holy Mass, right? We're in Mass. We uh, receive Holy Communion. We see the priest and the deacon doing all their things up there on the altar. And so we experience... Yeah, that Christ plus, that, plus adoration. Adoration is another good one. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, when we hear the gospel being read, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in those words. And, but for the lay faithful, the common way that they experience Christ is, is really, like you said, an adoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also get to receive communion. Mm-hmm. And so we need to talk about what we do when we're in a church. And we ask questions like, well, when do I bow? When and do maybe I? what we should be doing. Because people don't know. Right. And so one of the ways we do this is we look at the church documents. Now, I say church documents, and I just know I lost. Four people just tuned off. <laughs> and I'm sorry for them. Please come back. Yeah. You know, If you know who they are, call them and tell Mrs. them. Mrs. Drzemski. That's exactly right. My <laughs> wife has just turned off. No, but a lot of people start thinking, I'm not going to read all these documents. They're boring. But, you know, the reality is there's some beautiful stuff in there mm-hmm. to not be like rules and regulations, but they're but they're – they're guides that are going to help us orient ourselves properly to God so we realize, wow, this is important. Yep. As I've said many times before, when people talk to me about, about the rules of the church and we need to follow these rules, I say, you know, but didn't your mom lay down a few rules for you? Didn't she tell you to, to be in at a certain time, to eat all your vegetables at dinner? Didn't she tell you to do your homework? And didn't she tell you to clean your room and go to bed at a certain time? You know, you you didn't say, you Pharisee, Mom, you're a Pharisee, all these rules. <laughs> you know, you know she loved you, and she wanted you to be a better person. And that's right. all the, the the rules. If we call them rules in our church, that's what they're all about, is making us better people so that when we leave our household, right, right. We, we go and live in the household of God for right. all eternity. So that's a good thing. and it's, So it's a good thing. We should probably pay attention to what the church has to say about some of these things. We should. Tell one us the, some. One of the great documents that's out there talks about how we – do our liturgies. This is called the General Instruction of the Roman Missal. Okay. Uh, we lovingly refer to it as the germ. The not, germ. Not the bacterial thing, but the, the G-I-R-M. There you go. So if someone talks about the germ. Are you, ser- are you serious yes, about that? It's called the germ. Okay. And so basically there's sections in here that tell you basically how do we do liturgy. Okay. When we're doing a mass, what's supposed to happen? And it doesn't really give you lots of uh, explanations and commentary. It basically just lays it out. First, this person does this, then they do that. And so we can find some guidelines in there. If we go to the section called the Liturgy of the Eucharist and we go to section number 160, Mm -hmm. it says, When receiving Holy Communion, the communicant bows his or her head before the sacrament as a gesture of reverence and receives the body of the Lord from the minister. When When Holy Communion is received under both kinds, the sign of reverence is also made before receiving the precious blood. Mm-hmm. So Holy Mother Church is here asking us, well, let's give reverence to God right before we receive him in the Eucharist right, and in the precious blood. Likewise, so we do it twice. And it's a simple bow of the head as right. a sign of reverence. Now, I know you probably have been to communion and you've seen people at your parish. I'm very sure, Tom, people have done that. But you also might notice some people who 
that kind of don't do it. You know, it's funny you bringing this up. We had I'm in a Bible study right now, and we talked about that very thing. And we talked about how it's a, somewhat of a distraction to watch other folks receive communion. And you do see some folks receiving it in an ir- irreverent way. Um, well, we don't but also be, just being distracted. I'm not talking about criticizing. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm really be looking at myself. The right. last thing we want to do is be judgmental. No, I, I, I just mean. But I guess the way I look at it is, you know, and I have the unique perspective of uh, being an ordinary minister of communion. I'll be distributing communion. So I will see these people constantly, one after another. And I, I really do pray for people. Because I was in the same exact situation as, as a younger man. I yeah. had no real knowledge and, and, yeah. and respect for what I was about to, the awesome, solemn, beautiful gift that I was about to be given. I didn't respect and realize that, I think, fully as a younger person. And so I, I pray that people will open up and, and kind of see that. Oh, yeah. If we go to number 274 in mm-hmm. the general instruction of the mm-hmm. Roman Missal, the germ, it says, A genuflection. Made by bending the right knee to the ground signifies adoration, and therefore it is reserved for the most blessed sacrament. I mean, that's very plain, very descriptive. It's a genuflection. It's on one knee. You, you lower that right knee to the ground, and that's a genuflection. Right. Now, you look around, and I, I, I'm a father of nine, mm-hmm. and one of the things I do with my kids is I talk to them about how we genuflect. Mm-hmm. And I teach them. I take the time to say, well, little, uh, little Jacob... Was that a proper genuflection? You know, when he was a little kid, it's like every kid goes through the same thing where they're kind of genuflecting, doing the sign of the cross, like while they're moving, and they kind of fly into the pew, right? Yeah, uh, it's a quick oh, up, yeah. down and side. Some, and I said, well, look, we're going to start here. We're going to slow down, a little more solemn, right? It's not mechanical and militaristic. It's not like you must touch here, you must count three and do this. It's not right. supposed to be mechanical, right? <laughs> right? It's supposed to be solemn. It's supposed to be meant. Right. And I know that's difficult to instill in kids, but you know what? There's a lot of adults that might have that same issue. Yeah. That maybe they've forgotten what they do. We as Catholics are so regimented sometimes in our movements and our postures that we forget why we do them. Yeah. And I think that idea of genuflection is, is kind of a lost art in a lot of re- re- respects. Yep. People have kind of forgotten where the tabernacle is. They don't say hello to Jesus when they come into the church. and. Because we should be genuflecting. In fact, if we go through some more of these, uh, these little uh, guidelines here... Uh, it will say, if, however, the tabernacle of the most blessed sacrament is present in the sanctuary, the priest, the deacon, and the other ministers genuflect when they approach the altar and when they depart from it, but not during the celebration of Mass itself. Now, do you know why that is? Great question. I don't know. Now, I do see them bowing to the altar or to the tabernacle when they cross in front of it. What they should be doing, and mm-hmm. what this is telling you, is that they bow to the altar. Because the focus of Holy Mass is also... It's, it's the sacrifice. Okay. It's the eternal sacrifice, Which right? Which takes place at the altar. That's exactly right. This is the altar of sacrifice. And so we our focus turns from the tabernacle at this point to that altar of sacrifice during Mass. So you'll see that procession, the entrance procession, where the priest and the deacon and all the ministers come in, the altar service, and they will genuflect right. before. But once they enter the sanctuary, Mass begins. Then when they move... They'll be bowing to the altar. Now, does that apply to everyone in the church at that point or just the priest and the deacons? Well, that's a good question. And we should look at this. Uh, we go to another document called the Ceremonial of Bishops. Mm-hmm. Ceremonial of Bishops number 71 says this. No one who enters a church, I would include even you, Tom. Wow. Yeah. No one who enters a church should fail to adore the Blessed Sacrament either by visiting the Blessed Sacrament Chapel or at least by genuflecting. Similarly, those who pass before the Blessed Sacrament genuflect, except when they are walking in procession. 
So you see that like even when you walk from one side of the church, oh, I forgot to get my bulletin. I want to go to the other side of the church to get the bulletin. You don't just hastily walk past the tabernacle, right? You should stop and reverently genuflect to the tabernacle. Okay. People have forgotten that. So we don't see a lot of uh, genuflecting these days. And again, I, I'm not judging here. I know. Because I was the biggest perpetrator of that, uh, I don't want to say ignorance, but but at least that sort of blase attitude towards yeah. Jesus. Yeah, we all have to learn. There's no doubt. Uh, well, we have to grow. That's what I mean. John Paul II said we're in a constant state of continuing conversion. You exactly. know, we, just, we don't stop. We're always getting better. It's a journey. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and we're all on that journey, aren't yes, we? Yes, we are. <laughs> So, you Wish know, you'd hurry up and catch up. Yeah, I'm doing the best I can. So, you know, we focus today on on kneeling, genuflection, just taking that time to bow down and realize that the King of Kings is present right there in that tabernacle before us. And at mass, the King of Kings is there, made mm-hmm. present when the priest confects the Eucharist right there at that altar of sacrifice. And this is an awesome opportunity for us to realize that there's something bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that genuflection, that that bowing, that taking the time to 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 remember that there's something bigger than us will also sort of spill out in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we'll also realize that, hey, there's other people in this world, too. We need to treat them with respect. And where Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew ties together loving God and loving neighbor as yourself, that those two things go in hand in hand. And maybe that's an opportunity for us uh, to grow in that res- regard, isn't it? Huge opportunity. Well, I'm going to end with this wonderful uh, uh, little, I'm not going to tell you who wrote this, but I'm going to read it real quick. It says, there are groups of no small influence who are trying to talk us out of kneeling. It doesn't suit our culture, they say. It's not right for a grown man to do this. He should face God on his feet. Or again, it's not appropriate for a redeemed man. He has been set free by Christ and doesn't need to kneel anymore. It may well be that kneeling is alien to modern culture insofar as it is a culture. For this culture has turned away from the faith and no longer knows the one for whom kneeling is the right. Indeed, the intrinsically necessary gesture. The man who learns to believe learns also to kneel. And a faith or a liturgy no longer familiar with kneeling would be sick at the core. Where it has been lost, kneeling must be rediscovered so that in our prayer... We remain in fellowship with the apostles and martyrs, in fellowship with the whole cosmos, indeed in union with Jesus Christ himself. Amen. That was none other than our Holy Father. Pope writing Benedict. then is Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger. Wow. Yeah, in a book called The Spirit of the Liturgy, which he uh, wrote in uh, 2000. Wow. Those are beautiful words. They are. Something to be taken at heart. Absolutely. So we're going to kneel more, aren't we? Absolutely. When we, go to, yes. when we go to mass. Absolutely. I'm on my knees right At least now. we'll know what we do. And if, the, if you're already kneeling, you know what you're doing when you're kneeling now. There you go. Focus on that kneeling. Yep. That's what you're doing. You're, you are reverencing God. Yep. So let's not forget God's there, either in that tabernacle or on that altar. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, speaking of amen, we should end in prayer. I think that's a and wise let's do, idea. And let's do a wonderful prayer, an age-old uh, prayer in our tradition, uh, mm-hmm. the glory be. And that's really we're just giving glory and honor to God. Mm-hmm. We're revering God in this prayer. Yep. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the, the Father, Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. 